What makes a city a city, and most more specifically, what makes Lawrence Lawrence? While this, on the surface, this seems like a very heavy philosophical topic, it's one that came to light in a recent uh, decision by our city commission on May 7th regarding a development on Mass Street. These are some of the questions or some of the issues that many of the uh, folks attending the, the discussion, uh, attending the meeting, uh, brought up and had in mind when they came to testify, whether in favor or against uh, the, the development happening. And here at Lawrence Talks, we thought this was a very important uh, discussion to have, to cover, and to put under our uh, very light uh, uh, scrutiny. And so for joining me for this uh, this conversation are Kyle Whitley, uh, who has lived in Lawrence for the last 13 years, and Kevin Watson, who like me has, has lived in Lawrence for the last four years, and uh, really coming to love the the city um, and the atmosphere and the people in Lawrence. So on this next episode, on this on this episode of uh, Lawrence Talks, we cover this very topic. And please join us. I'm your host David Tamez, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Lawrence Talks podcast. Thank you. Just uh, um, I went back to the video, and it, so the code that's in question is from 1988. Okay. Um, or the for the code over uh, the certificate certificate of appropriateness. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the case that it's from 1988. Um, now some might look at that and say maybe it needs to be updated, but um, there needs to be yeah there needs to be some additional reasons other than that it's old. Yeah, it seems like if the code is from 1988, right, and the city has changed so much since then already yeah. and it seems like a lot of the buildings probably aren't in line with what the certificate of appropriateness says in 1988 that maybe that ought to be changed it's, but it's hard to say yeah I'm not sure what the actual certificate says yeah it'd be, it'd be interesting to see um, it's called the certificate of appropriateness or is that what they receive if if it is deemed appropriate or in line with the code so in order to start building you need to uh, receive a certificate of appropriateness. Okay. And so the certificate of appropriateness is just a certificate claiming it fits with this code from 1988. Correct. Okay. And, and it's part of the, I think, the larger um, code uh, for building anything around that area that it needs to receive the certificate of appropriateness. Like before they can even begin doing anything, um, they need to receive that that certificate of appropriateness and the one the people that uh typically are in charge of determining whether the the developers receive that certificate of appropriateness is hrc um and from what i could tell um at the beginning the the city lawyer is laying that out and and they said that um the city commission need not is not bound to what the hrc says it can only take their the Historical Resource Commission, it seems like, just gives guidelines rather mm-hmm. than, so rules of thumb, essentially. Right. right. Well, I mean, so they're, they're the, uh, actually, so the city... So there's city code, and then there's the mm-hmm. Historical Resource Co- Commission. So it has to meet city code, but it might not necessarily have to well, fall in line with the Historical Resource Commission. Well, so actually, the, the uh, it's all city code. Even okay. even what the HRC goes over, but the HRC helps in um, determining whether the building fits with the with the code. Okay. Uh, at least with uh, as it as it pertains to appropriateness. Then there separately there are the city guidelines that just have to do with um, whether something is encroaching on on a, and I think the HRC also assists with with doing that too. Um, but they're only concerned with historic buildings. So, like, the city code planning has to do with, like, proper building standards mm-hmm. and other things as well, right? Correct. The yes. Historical Research Commission is just a subset of that code, I would assume. Yes, yes, yeah. I think that's right. Um, and so they, yeah, HRC is about whether the building fits within the surrounding area, the surrounding buildings uh, in that area. Um, and whether it encroaches on 
um, encroaches, destroys, or damages. Da- damages uh, um, I think I think at the very least they determine that this encroaches on those areas, but I don't think it damages or destroys anything. Yeah, I think encroaching is the only argument there. And yeah. Then, um, one of the, the lines I saw in one of the articles uh, regarding the certificate of appropriateness is it's a review process to, to promote the compatible development to protect the context of listed properties. So that's where it pulls away from the historical context and it's like, so it has to be compatible with the idea of what they want the downtown to be. Okay. Yeah, so part of what they were saying during the meeting was that um, they were worried that approving this building before they had like the future plans for the city, which they're developing right now, but they haven't completed. It's part of a plan that they're talking about what the city is going to be looking like in the next 10 years, right? And if they approve this building now and they don't have that plan yet, it's not so clear whether or not um, they will be, this building will be following in line with with those plans. Right. No, so it's kind of weird because it would be interesting how how the city planning uh, proceeds from after this episode because it seems like uh, some it might be the case that some of the city commissioners might have this case in mind when developing the code. Yeah, so one of the things that they were saying during the meeting is that they were worried about the legal precedent that this case would set. Yeah. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see that now that some precedent has been set and whether or not some lawsuit comes as a result of it, um, which was also discussed, they wanted to make sure that certain findings of fact were presented in their decision. Right, and so these findings of fact are going to be important, maybe legally. Yeah. So if if um, yeah, if the developers wanted to appeal the decision of the city commission, uh, that's something that they can certainly do, um, and that's why I think uh, over and over again the mayor was like, "What do I need? What do I need to do? Or yeah. uh, how does this play out to make sure that we?" Uh, this stands up. I mean, she didn't say. I don't think she said this explicitly, but uh, I well, think she was asking what we they needed to do legally. Yeah. To ensure that the decisions were being properly made, right? And that um, when the decision is in writing, that it's done formally appropriately, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does hold up in uh, in court and can stand up to challenges made by made by the developers, but it. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. Um, so one one thing uh, we need to follow up on is um, where the developer goes from here, whether that the proposal is just dead in the water now. or So I think as it's written, or as it's proposed, I think it's sort of dead in the water, right? They can right. come with an, a new proposal, um, but I'm not sure exactly what the process looks like. When the HRC was kind of outlining their... Uh complaints, I guess, about the project. One of the things, the, the most notable step thing to me that they they highlighted was the uh, the facades being broken up into 25 or 50 foot segments to be in line with the rest of Mass Street. That just struck me as like the one measurable thing that they could point to and say, this does not comply. Everything else was a little bit more of a rule of thumb. Uh, like the height where they were, you know, under the height of, uh, you know, some other buildings on Mass Street or surrounding buildings, even some of the historic ones, but much taller than the uh, buildings right next to them. Yeah, when I was when I was uh, re- uh, listening to the HRC rep uh, discuss uh, the height factor that um, the new the proposed facilities would or building uh, would be significantly higher than uh, the other buildings around it. I was more or less uh, say okay that that can be I guess it is is a concern I, I guess to have um, but if if so there are a number of trade-offs that I think come into play here All right. Uh, if the city needs additional affordable housing uh, units, I guess near the downtown area, um, 
And this will arguably give us some of that, give us some of that uh, affordable housing. Uh, I don't know if it's planned for affordable housing, though. It's planned for mm, luxury student housing, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. It's specifically planned by the developers for students, right? And so it might be that some of the concerns have the local residents or that it's not bringing affordable housing. Right? Yeah. And I think, I think that's what, uh, prevents it from being, uh, taking, taking over some of those other concerns about height, mass and everything else is like, if it, maybe if it had provided some of those things like affordable housing, then I think the city commission would be hard, uh, hard pressed to, to deny it in light of the other concerns. Cause it, it seems less of a concern to, Taken to take into consideration its fit with the area, if it's providing affordable housing, but it's but it's not something that kind of prevents it from doing that though is uh, they they one of the main concerns in developing this project seem to be doing it without any incentives from the city, and um, whether this could be maybe not so much luxury or just higher end uh, versus more average uh, uh, housing. Um, there's no way it's going to be affordable housing without any sort of subsidy or incent major incentive from the from the city. Like new construction, I just I think does not fall under the category of affordable housing without some sort of subsidy. Yeah, I think part of why this was viewed as such a major boon for the cities that they weren't seeking any incentives and if you want to put affordable housing into the building mm -hmm. um, then it's likely that there's going to be some incentives that come with that or there should be in most cases right that's part of the reason that developers put affordable housing is because they're getting some incentives to do so it's not as profitable for the developer right. without doing so right and it, so it's I think here we get we get a good example of, um, or insight into like what it takes for something to be considered affordable housing and uh, and what a city takes into account because it not uh, having to pay any incentives or subsidies means that they don't have to pay any additional taxes that the taxes are limited at least into how much they go up. So yeah, it's part of. Part of the decision-making process has to be what sort of benefits is the city looking for, right? Are you looking for affordable housing for the current residents? Or are you looking to bring in more tax revenue, uh, more revenue for local businesses, things like this? If you're creating a complex with affordable housing, you don't bring in as much tax revenue because you're giving some incentives. If you're not, if the uh, developer isn't seeking incentives, then it's likely that they're uh, looking to maximize profits, and that's going to be bring a lot more money to the city, right? And it's not going to cost the city anything because they're not providing any incentives. So there's this sort of trade-off, right, that we have to look at. Yeah, and one thing, one thing I want to get to uh, as well is because we're right now we're considering the sort of uh, sort of tertiary or uh, Legal legal ramifications uh, or considerations that go into this decision making, um, but I, I, one thing that uh, one reason we wanted to have uh, you and Kyle, um, as someone who's who's lived in Kyle uh, live in Lawrence for for some time now, um, is this discussion about the legacy or integrity or the, the sort of uh, character characteristics of the city. A lot of I think a lot of people uh, who test testified in front of the city commission that day um, spoke about how this would be a bad thing for for Lawrence in terms of the way it looks, the way it's been uh, sort of considered, or way, the way it's looked at. Um, that it, it changes the city of Lawrence in a fun fundamental way. Um, just want to, as, as someone who's lived here for a while, I want to see, uh, wanted to hear your thoughts on, on those sort of concerns. Yeah, well, Lawrence is kind of uh, takes a lot of pride in being a, or it takes a lot of pride in their downtown as being a thriving sort of example of that classic small town, uh, Main Street uh, shopping center. Um, they've uh, weathered several. Uh, 
um, recessions and, and still kept trucking along. It's kind of a, a big draw from the, the surrounding area. And they, they like having that small town feel. Um, there's a very, very local focus to it. A lot, not a lot of uh, chain stores or um, outside. Uh, there's like, I think, uh, 37 or 60, 40 as far as local businesses versus uh, any sort of chain business in downtown. And Lawrence takes a lot of pride in that. Yeah, so uh, I guess one one way that this would have changed is that, uh, well, one one factor counting against development is that it, they're at, from out of town, mm-hmm. right? You have, um, and I guess the concern there might be um, you have these out-of-town folks that really don't get the feel and don't get the history of Lawrence, um, and they're coming in here um, without really experiencing Lawrence in uh, any meaningful way, and want and they want to build this this uh, infrastructure or build this structure um, that is, is just not going to um, or it seems to be uh, starkly different than uh, anything else around around the area. But still, I'm still wondering whether that necessarily is going to change the city fundamentally. Um, I mean, the the input so far has been, yes, it, it's going to change it. Um, but yeah, it's, it just, it, it, there's questions about what makes up, you know, fundamental questions about what makes up a city. How do we decide what is and is outside the, uh, the fit of a city? Um, Another aspect to this um, that has kind of been a long-standing sort of maybe point of, uh, of uh, contention within Lawrence is the sprawl as the city grows westward. It's uh, pulling that city center to, to the west side of town. Um, there was a recent controversy a few years back where they built a new uh, city theater um, that replaced an old uh, uh, aging one closer to the downtown area and planted it out in uh, the western side of town. Um, and a lot of citizens are concerned that as that area continues to develop and grow, they're going to pull more and more of the uh, activities and resources away from downtown to uh, put them in closer proximity to that, that new uh, growth of the city. So there's a, a lot of uh, resistance to change when it comes to what we have downtown because everybody kind of likes it as it is. Um, you guys, or David, you being from, from Austin, there's maybe a similar sentiment in uh, what Austin's been going through. Um, Lawrence has... It's, it's identity has evolved uh, a little over the years. We recently have adopted a new moniker of LFK. Prior to that, um, it was very common to see stickers um, parroting uh, Austin's Keep Austin Weird that said Keep Lawrence Weird. And there was a lot of, um, I think, similar uh, sentiments between the citizens of Austin or the active citizens of Austin and the active citizens of Lawrence yeah, and I think uh, maybe some some folks around here might be uh, aware of of Austin and the sort of change that it it went through over the years. Like uh, as 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 soon as I was uh, more aware of the you know the city surroundings and maybe in the so this may have been around the early two thousands, um, you know city the city of Austin went from having these sort of small, smallish festivals, uh, South by Southwest. Uh, at one point, it was just a, maybe a week long or a weekend long with just music um, to where it is today, where it's two weeks long uh, with primarily movies. Um, so it had a, a similar trajectory or similar uh, pathway as MTV started out with music. Now it's just something something else. <laughs> um, and... But yeah, in Austin, it did 
pride itself in being this sort of small town um, place where you can hear good, decent live music at just about any bar you go to. Um, and now it's you still have that, uh, but I, I think it's it's wanting to it's uh, much larger. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people are coming into Austin. Um, Almost monthly, I, I, I believe. I, I, the numbers might be different, but they're, uh, I think they're somewhere around there. Um, and it's just a different feel now. It, it, doesn't, it no longer has that, that uh, sort of traditional keep Austin weird uh, mentality. Um, you had a lot of uh, tech companies come in, uh, new company, new sort of uh, businesses come in and uh, they sort of encroached um, in a different way, not in a physical way, but in a cultural way encroached on uh, what Austin used to think uh, or still thinks of itself. But um, in order to accommodate the incoming businesses, it has cha- had to change its um, the way it caters to live music. So if, it, if live music is around a business and that business doesn't really uh, find it beneficial, uh, that I think that so those two heads have clashed before. Um, Is that the same sort of discussion that we should be having in this case? I mean, so in the case of Lawrence, this development company is trying to build housing for students. Uh, it seems like, in large part, the economy of Lawrence depends upon the university and its students, right? And so building housing for students downtown doesn't seem so much as a detriment for the downtown area. It seems like a benefit in some ways. Now, of course, that isn't to say that these different sorts of buildings, these buildings that don't fall in line with the history of Lawrence, aren't problematic in some ways. Um, But it's not so clear that the discussion about the similarities between Austin and Lawrence are going to be relevant here when, uh, yeah, it's problematic for large numbers of people to be coming into a city and sort of gentrifying it in certain ways, right? Um, But in this case, it's just about building some student housing for uh, a small town whose total, who the large part depends upon the students for its economy, right? In in somewhere like Austin, you have uh, large amounts of industry, right? Um, That's not so true here. Yeah, at least... uh not not yet or like i think the people uh are maybe resistant of that too of having these large large uh ish companies come in um but one one might uh you know from lawrence might say well it kind of begins with housing and allowing more people to come in and allowing for uh, a larger um a lot of amount, larger amount of people to live live within lawrence um that that is sort of it's changing in a fundamental way can often begin with those sort of initial considerations about housing catalyst yeah yeah Um, and i think that's that's part of the worry um especially making it uh downtown and changing not only the city as a whole maybe but also changing a fundamental part um or aspect of the city which is downtown downtown Lawrence. And I think that's more about just that that fundamental part of it, just the fact that it is downtown, it is on Mass Street, I think it's flanked on three sides by historic buildings. Um, Lawrence has a, uh, a business park that it's recently built and has been providing incentives to try and attract um, uh, industry to the city, something that'll provide high-paying jobs for uh, residents and allow for a little bit more growth um Hmm. so i mean as as a city i think they have that mindset but that might not fall in line with residents especially residents close to the downtown area um i think primarily uh east lawrence just just east of of mass street um it's a lot of uh activism within those neighborhoods to uh, maintain sort of the small town feel of, of what Lawrence is. And one, and one question, I mean, in Austin, uh, people of Austin have had to 
uh, this is you know a question for them too, and and a question for City of Lawrence is how um, tenable is is that approach to that uh, to sort of minimize the change of a city um, to such a de- to that to the degree such that a developer who came in who wanted to come in and build um, and was not taking any incentives uh, to do so. Um, is denied, and so how? I'm trying to think of, of uh, so if we're if we're sitting on on the commission board, if we're sitting on on the on the desks uh, there, um, and and they're going to have to think about this too when it comes to the city planning, which I, it seems like there appears to be that they're in the middle of, of developing that as well. Um, but how t- how tenable or or how do we come to decide? Because that this is, seems to be an issue that they raised in their considerations too. Is that um, how are we supposed to think about these guidelines? How are we supposed to determine whether something fits or not? Uh, it seemed like some of the guidelines were um, unclear or way too vague to really make a decision um, or to really clearly clearly state that this development didn't fall within the fit of, uh, of the city. Um, but how, how tenable is, is this position that a city, uh, shouldn't, should, uh, re, re, uh, reject or, um, prevent change as much as possible within, within, I guess, what's, what's within reason, um, What's what's with what's within that scope of reason that that a city could change that that it is um, or prevent change that's makes it re- that makes it reasonable. I think I think we kind of need to identify what kind of change we're talking about because mm-hmm. um, the city commission and the HRC were mostly focused on aesthetic change. It seems um, with the uh, look and feel of the building compared to the surrounding area. Whereas the public outcry had uh, a lot less to do with that, that aesthetic change and more to do with uh, change of character mm-hmm. for the downtown. And I think there's maybe a little bit more wiggle room on the aesthetic change, but mm-hmm. because of that outcry... The building that's currently there isn't very aesthetically yeah. pleasing either, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really seem to fit with the feel of the city. It's just this square rectangular building and it's not very pretty yeah and, and part of it too is is just a empty lot as yeah. well right yeah. um and yeah so it, it's it seems like it would be a good uh, change it would be something at least to that specific area mm-hmm. um it would as, at least in terms of aesthetics it would bring something uh that's decently uh decent to look at that or could would be decent to look at although some people have said that it looks terrible and ugly um which i i mean which i don't get i like architecture um and but what architecture is one of those things that sits between art and aesthetics and versus some functionality practicality um and so it's sort of hard to hard to judge it in that sense and and um and so i think there there's an issue that it's just going to be another cookie cutter sort of model of of a development um i think one one thing that i've kind of uh um, we have the hrc and we kind of have to you know take them into consideration when we're looking at this and it, i think it is important to kind of keep some aspect of uh, consistency with the downtown aspect but if, if we're too stringent on that, I think it kind of puts a chokehold on the kind of architecture that we could bring in, that we're having to conform to um, architectural standards that aren't as functional anymore. All of the uh, other buildings down Mass Street were turn-of-the-century retail spaces that um, don't kind of fit into modern uh functionality so we have to already take a big leap and uh change you know how those structures how 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 we think about these structures and in doing that we're already changing the aesthetic of them significantly um i think maybe there's 
a uh, conversation to be had. I don't know if it fits in with this on what the downside of having something that looked different downtown would be. It would add add to the the variety, add to the uh, uniqueness, rather than just being kind of a bland sort of melding into the current landscape. It can be its own architectural presence. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing, one point that was made because that's that. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting point in in the sense that um, there are other actual actually historic buildings that are in that area that don't really fit within every with everything else um and but that seemed to be a strength of the strength of those of those buildings um i think the so the the courthouse uh the Watkins, uh the old Watkins bank building and i think the the lutheran the lutheran church that's right there um and i believe so i believe the uh the HRC mentioned that those are meant to be standalone buildings that have that don't look any way uh, similar to the sort of uh, commercial buildings that that are there or business buildings that are there. Um, so, so the claim that oh, this would be way too out of place of of the businesses that are around seems to hold less weight. And, and, and that given those given those things that the the strengths of uh, that we ascribe to the historical buildings around the area, especially when you bring into consideration the other uh, development projects up and down New Hampshire Street, this architecture seemed very much in line with the Hobbs Taylor Loft, with the uh, hotel that went up, and the other two apartment buildings that have uh, kind of taken over New Hampshire Street. So. Uh, it isn't a huge departure from what has been going on in that area architecturally. Yeah, so that that sort of uh, raises the raises the question that the way that they defined, I guess, the area uh, that the site was going to be judged as to whether it's in conformity with uh, appeared to be narrow. Like it, it was just this limited. Uh, so it seemed to be limited to that that lot of area. Um, but if we widen that scope, if we widen it to everything else, um, because it doesn't, it didn't seem that much higher than the, uh, according to the diagrams of, than the courthouse, um, and uh, there are some developments on New Hampshire just not that far from where this would be, um, that might bring it into fit. Like if we all taking all those things into consideration. Um, it, it it might fit in that in that sense. I mean, this might be one of the reasons that the this ten year plan is important to determine yeah. whether or not this is the sort of thing that will fit into the city as a whole, right? Yeah, I I think that's right. And it, um, one thing that that I was wondering is whether it was possible for them to say um, this this is tentatively approved um but some changes need to be need to be made or if that's prompted by the the mere denying of of those of the certificates and the and the permits is that um deny this particular proposal come back with with a better one um because there was a gentleman there that testified who was who was for the development going forward um, but also in favor of them working with HRC and uh, to so that they could fit better with the the current guidelines. But the issue with that is that if the guidelines are going to change in the in the foreseeable future, um, why why want to fit with the current with the current ones? Um, because at least the city commission some some folks on the city commission seem to uh, hint at that. They wanted to change the guidelines. Were, were these the HRC guidelines or more of the uh, downtown appropriateness? I think both. Oh, okay. Um, well, because I think HRC, in order to make its determination, relies on the city okay. uh, code for appropriateness. Um, and, yeah, it seemed like 
city commission was in favor of re-looking, or at least taking another look at the guidelines to say, do they need to be updated? Does anything else need to be made clearer about them? Um, So it seems unfortunate that they had to make this decision at this point when they're in the process of possibly changing what the guidelines are going to look at and or look like um, or going to or going to say in the in the near future how uh, how do we know that they're talking about changing the guidelines well so one of the uh, or at least two or three of the those sitting on I think the vice mayor uh, I think Jennifer Ananda is her is her name um, and I think two other two other folks on the city commission um, voiced their frustration with how the current code or the current guidelines um, and that they're one they're really not that clear about what fits and what doesn't um, and so they were forced to really rely on the HRC determinations um, and so we don't know for sure that they're going to change them but it seems like they're interested in reviewing them and cha- and altering them in some in some way um, and it seems like it might be um, now that that sort of de- that those those considerations about the guidelines and the way the city's going to look is going to be mediated or in some way uh, affected by this conversation. Yeah. So, well, if the guidelines are changed in any way. Um, now, at the very least, there's legal precedent that says, hey, when the HRC says something about a project, we have to fall in line with what the HRC says. Yeah, and there's currently no language like that. So they're not bound to whatever the, to any, uh, I guess, the recommendations of the HRC currently. They're not bound to them. So they could have disagreed with the appeal of, of HRC or uh, their recommendation. Mm. But they still would have had to done so on the on the grounds of the guidelines. Yeah. I think they, my, my take uh, of the situation is that they may have used the HRC's decision in, uh, as a scapegoat to deny the project in the face of very, very strong public outcry. Yeah. Um, as a way of saying, okay, we need to stay, take a step back from this, regroup, and readdress this in a uh, hopefully more palatable way, uh, a way that doesn't necessarily uh, generate as much opposition. Yeah, so, so, Kyle, if you were on that board, you would have decided otherwise. If you were on the commission, you would have... I would have leaned them. towards allowing them to build. Even ba- even uh, having as as uh, the main source of your decision the guidelines, because it seemed like they were restricted to say, does does the development uh, or the proposal as it stands fit fit those guidelines? Because I think I think that uh, there is there might be some wiggle room about how yeah. one interprets the guidelines, but. Um, I think there's a lot of wiggle room when you're talking about the height. Um, the guidelines aren't real clear. And the HRC took to mean that because it is taller at all than surrounding buildings, then it doesn't fit, rather than the fact that um, you know it's not five times taller. It's not disproportionately taller than surrounding buildings. If you look up and down Mass Street, there's just as much variety as there would have been with this construction. Um the one sticky point is the facade being broken up. That's like a very clear measured uh, guideline of the 25 or 50 foot uh, mm-hmm. facade. And I, my decision would have kind of teetered on that, whether I wanted to fall in line with that guideline or disregard it as a little bit too uh, stringent, not really allowing for the building to have its own character even though they did put a lot of effort into that street level um design fitting in with the rest of downtown okay so yeah i think i think they're um yeah the general 
consensus of the city commission was that the guidelines are are imperfect and that it seemed to place place I guess um, the responsibility of the city commission to determine all uh, to determine all that at least in some salt in some uh, uh, weak sense whether a development fit fit those uh those guidelines um and and it's like one is forced either to um just go with what the hrc says because one how are you as a city commission going to do all that um when you don't have the same sort of expertise i guess as people with hrc uh might have because i think they do have um architects and uh other city um or building building code uh experts on their um on their commission or on their board um that can probably make a better decision than those on the city commission uh, sitting on the city commission right now or ever um because that's really really what they're given is what the hrc the findings of HRC and I guess the staff, they talked about the staff findings, uh, as well. Um, yeah, so it seemed, it seems like they were put in a very tough, mm-hmm. tough position and situ- situation there. Uh, I feel like they would have had every right to look past what the HRC recommended and approve the project anyways, but then they would have been facing a lot of uh, public outcry and, um, depending on who your particular constituents were, possibly losing your seat on the city commission. Right, and I think I think that's what is how some people even posed it. Um, I think one one individual mentioned that uh, don't make this what your political career dies on. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, this seems like the sort of thing that. Um, you wouldn't want to ruffle too many feathers about, especially with the amount of people that were there and concerned about this project for reasons other than the ones that are being discussed by the HRC and the city commission. Um, because there's so much public outcry, though, you have to you have to worry that making a decision that doesn't fall in line with what the HRC says, right? And then that goes against... what seemed like the public opinion right might result in you losing your seat and that seems that doesn't seem like something you want to be fighting over for for right i mean so i hear that and i don't know about you kev because you're you're a philosopher too as i as i am and and this might be the case for you too kyle is should that matter like well, should. it shouldn't. Yeah. Um, look, yeah. Like, these are the sorts of things that people often end up making decisions based upon, right? Um, they're concerned not just... So in the case, I think, of this development, right, the presentation by the developers, they were trying to present facts that weren't related to the HRC's decision as right. well. They're presenting facts about the economic benefits, about, um, like, a whole host of things other than whether, whether or not it fall in line with or was appropriate for the city, right? They did present that to some extent, too, but I think their presentation was limited in that regard. Um, and then when the general public started presenting their concerns... Again, they were not concerned so much with the historical appropriateness of the building, but with um, whether or not this the development company itself would be a benefit for the city, right? Whether or not the city working with a development company that um, most of the public saw as slumlordy, I guess. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Um, and so... When the city council has to make their decision, they're, I think, bringing these concerns to bear. But should they? It's not clear. 
Yeah. No, I mean, so, yeah, this, the, you were there. You were uh, sort of present. Uh, you as in Kevin, you were there as present. Uh, oh, and by the way, I also want to make clear when I uh, made, when I referenced my being and Kevin's being a philosopher, I didn't, don't want to be, I uh, want that to be seen as me saying that we know better, um, but just as our, my ears perked up uh, when when the talk of public uh, outcry or public perception comes up when making a political decision, because it's always an interesting question as to whether public opinion um, should play a factor in in uh, political decision making, and and a certain and to a certain degree, I, I believe it does, um, right? Because sometimes public, pu- public factor versus uh, like. Uh, sort of informed, uh, like professionals, kind of informing the decision. Is that what you're referencing? Well, it's uh, sort of the mirror, because like when you're the, when you were there, Kev, I, you you could feel. I'm sure you could feel some of the tension, and yeah, some the, of the anger the, was there. The people seemed like they were sort of riled up. This was some. This was something that they were concerned about, and. When people were up there objecting, uh, people were cheering and clapping, right? Uh, when the decision was made to deny the uh, to deny the development to to deny the proposal, right? People cheered. Right. That seems sort of crazy to me, um, but like people just. We're upset about what was taking place in the city. And um, if you are concerned with uh, the reasons you're elected to the city council, which is to be the voice of the public in certain ways, it seems like they're clearly voicing their opinion. And so maybe I should decide in line with that opinion. Yeah. And and so, I mean, I I wonder now um, what their decision would have looked like if... Um, they were allowed to make the decision after that conversation, after that meeting, because uh, they've had some distance from that very uh, situation where where tensions are high, where emotions are high, um, and maybe some because sometimes distance allows you to view the uh, situation, view the the decision in a different way, or go about and making the decision in a different way. Whereas they may have not been afforded that opportunity to uh, look at the decision in all the ways it could have, given the sort of the, the pressure of public op- opinion that they were uh, yeah. facing at that time. And it's also um, worth noting that it's, it's not necessarily uh, evident that the vast majority of Lawrence citizens were against the proposal. There was... A very, very, very vocal group that were against it, but the and and they were very active. Like the ones that were against it were passionately against it and very active and kind of rallied a core group of people that showed up. Beyond the people who showed up, um, it's uh, less I think evident as like the community as a whole was against it as as strongly as they were. Yeah, I mean, it, you because you would hope that um, one ideal way I think of of this sort of coming out is, you know, the city commission, w- whatever decision they made, they're able to sort of then and there say, this is why, um, this is why I've decided in this way. Um, like, so it would have been nice, like if if someone on the commission disagreed, it would have been nice to hear like. Um, I think the the benefits far outweigh the the negatives of of um, well that's one consideration but I don't think they could have taken that into consideration, um, but like they could have said something like the guidelines are so vague and unclear that it seems like there is some wiggle room as to whether this development fits within them, um, and it seems to me that they fit enough within the guidelines that we should proceed with the development and continue this conversation. 
Um, but it seems like they may have been may have been influenced to go ahead and deny. Yeah, but again, so suppose that they did make that decision, right? Um, they said, well, it doesn't quite like fit the standards that we've set or the, that the city council has set in the distant past, 1988, right? Um, the HRC has said that the building doesn't fit within the city, right? It doesn't meet these guidelines that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also we sort of want to change the guidelines, right? But then what happens when there's some uncertainty in that case is then, then it's like, okay, we've, we've, we've made these guidelines more clear, right? We have it all on the table. But here's this new case where the building doesn't quite fit the standards. We have this precedent that says we don't have to, it can fail to meet these standards and we can still build it, Right? then that becomes legal precedent, and that's problematic, I think. Yeah, it could if uh, if precedent is something that matters to a judge. To or the law. To, to the law. Some people aren't uh, in favor of precedent matter mattering, mm-hmm. right? Uh, being being of significance to a, de- a legal decision of some kind. Um and so they might look at every situation or case uh, on its own on its own merits instead of seeing how it best fits with previous decisions. Um, so along those, those that line of thinking, I don't think this decision necessarily fits w- with the other decisions the city has made regarding development um, up and down New Hampshire Street. Other several of those other buildings um, had opposition um, didn't. Uh, fit the uh, HRC guidelines and they were allowed to proceed anyways so uh, I think had there not been the public outcry we definitely would have seen a different decision on on, on a part of uh, some if not most of the city commissioners yeah and I I wonder now that you've made that point that about the other uh, developments um, on New Hampshire being uh, haven't been approved, if that contributed to the outcry, right? That there is already these things that that took place. Um, We want to sort of maybe uh, hold back on another one. Um, That might might very well be the case. It might be a a factor along with um, a multitude of other factors. The, uh, The other buildings were built by local developers. Um, I don't know what those particular developers, how they they have some love and some hate within the community. Um, They were off mastery, but still in in close proximity to historic buildings, um, with this being on mastery and mastery having such an importance to this town. I think that ramped up the uh, emotion a little bit. Um, so just, I think it's a combination of, of, you know, outside developer, it's on mass street, maybe a building frustration from some of these other projects kind of being greenlit. Yeah. And, and, and just to be, just to be clear, I mean, even though I'm from, I am from Austin, which is a bigger, bigger city than Lawrence, um, I don't necessarily want Lawrence to be a big city, um, and, and I get I get I get this sentiment of not wanting it to be a big a bigger city. Um, I like the sort of small town uh, feel that it has. The fact that you can go into um, into stores, just about any store on Mass Street. Uh, after maybe a fifth time, they will know who you are. They will know a little bit uh, uh, about you. Um, it's nice recognize walk, you. Yeah. It's nice to walk down Mass Street and see somebody you know. Yeah. Almost every time. And and that won't that may not change with this particular development, uh, obviously. Um, but again, that's just to say I I get I understand the sentiment I uh, understand the sort of um, the lack of appeal that such a development might have. Um, uh, to people who who want Lawrence or Mass Street to maintain that sort of spirit, that maintain that sort of 
um, that small town, you don't have to stress out about it. Um, because I think that's part of it, right? Because like if you, if you increase the density of mass street, it may or may, it may or may not, and this is a psychological claim, uh, more than anything, uh, increase the amount of stress that people have going to mass street, have to find parking. You have to, it's all, I mean, on certain days you're hard pressed to find parking on, on, on mass street already. And, and just so this might, uh, even with the parking that it might provide, um, it seems that it will up the stress levels a little bit. I think I think that stress is already there to some extent. Um, my perspective of this was more of a it solves for some of that. It provides a population that does not have to drive down there. They can just leave the building and walk and be a patrons at those local businesses and help them weather the summer months when the students are gone and there's less traffic downtown. Um, a, along with providing the, the, the way it was pitched with uh, not wanting any um, uh, city uh, financing is it would provide enough revenue that the city could look at increasing uh, parking building another parking garage and alleviating some of that stress um, just because of the tax revenue that it would be providing. Yeah, so it, I think that I think that's right. Um, and I, I think the, the final I think the final question that we're we're left with, um, at least that I'm left with is um, and might actually be something to in, sort of increase the viability or tenability of, of uh, those who are against the development is um, there may be other options out there. There might be uh, other uh, options or proposals that come by and they are better. Just be- they, they satisfy not only improving the density levels of, of downtown Lawrence, which is what businesses want, um, and they also provide housing for students and uh, but also fit within the guidelines because it seems uh, so someone on on that side on on that side of the debate uh, might say we're not necessarily against anything being put there or any development going on there Um, and we're not against people living necessarily downtown Lawrence although there are people that that are that are against more density downtown um, we're just against this particular one. Yeah, I mean, like the city council, part of the 10-year plan, I think, is looking at density in the downtown area, right? right? They, I think, want there to be more density. So, and, I mean, that's how you get more business. Like, so one of the things that, uh, in a previous discussion that I think you, Kyle, mentioned, uh, was that like grocery stores don't want to be located in the downtown area because there's not enough density at the mm-hmm. moment, right? So that seems concerning for other businesses that might want to come to the region as well. Um, so having more density in the downtown region is a, a benefit, it seems like, in most cases. Uh, well. It might be the case that having a large student density mm-hmm. in the downtown area is problematic. Um, I mean, there's also some benefit to that, too, because that'll open up some houses in the more suburban areas of Lawrence up to families, right, who would be better served in the houses that are commonly rented to students temporar- or mm. temporarily in yeah. a lot of cases, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, one point that I didn't think tracked real well is the opposition to students being located downtown because there are already students downtown. It's not going to draw more students in necessarily or not a significant number of more. Um, KU's kind of capped at a population of 30,000 students. Uh, they, you know, average just below that, so it's not going to really affect the number of students coming in 
to the Lawrence area in any measurable way. It's just going to redistribute them and maybe consolidate them a little. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounded like one of the um, one of the comments was made is that students don't shop downtown. That most of the people that shop down, shop downtown are from Lawrence or have been in Lawrence uh, longer, or coming in from Kansas City or Topeka. Right, and and but rather students, um, they shop at Target, they shop at Walmart, they go somewhere, um, go to these areas that are outside of or away from from Mass from Mass Street, um, and I think that was used as a way of. Um, the way the, I think the way it was posed or the way it was mentioned was as a way of dispelling the idea that it would necessarily bring this economic growth to to Mass Street. That um, if if the people that we're considering are students, those economic benefits may not be as high or great uh, as they're as the developers are proposing, because students may go tend tend to go outside uh, or away from Mass Street to do most of their shopping anyways. Until we get to the, the point Kevin brought up about it really attracting uh, other businesses downtown that the mm. community wants, like a grocery store. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it could, uh, in the multi, I think the multi-purpose uh, parts of, of the development, um, businesses that... It, cater to to students may maybe place there any uh yeah maybe place there um but yeah any uh final remarks what do you what uh kyla i mean i know you um are in favor of the development um if there's any last plea you could could make i i would just hope that Either this developer uh, really considers kind of doubling their efforts and working with the HRC and finding some sort of compromise, or that the uh, people working on this from Allen Press um, continue to look for a developer that may fill that need because I've been here 13 years and that's been an empty lot and an empty building as long as I've been here and it'd be nice to see uh, that hole get filled. Okay. I think my advice would be more for maybe Ellen Press and uh, their marketing team. It would be just to work more closely with the local community and demonstrate to them that you, Ellen Press, and the developers that you're working with are here to ensure that the people living in the Lawrence community are going to thrive as a result of this sort of new developments taking place and it, that it will be a benefit to them, right? Um, I think some of the people or most of the people that were there at the city council meeting were just concerned about what, how it would negatively affect downtown Lawrence. And I think it just hadn't been demonstrated yet what sorts of benefits to the community itself was going to take place as a result of this, um, this development. They were just focused on um, maybe like the potential management of the hub, right? Whereas if Allen Press and the developers worked more closely with the community and demonstrated that they cared about the community, then um, maybe those concerns wouldn't have arisen. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's right too. Um, and I think my final my final remarks will be um, at the very least. Um, at least for me, who's who's come to develop a sort of uh, uh, into a political junkie, um, this was really interesting to to watch. Um, uh, the way that the city came together um, and came to at least uh, have some form of discussion about about this topic. Uh, um, you can never really predict, uh, at least, especially I think at the local level, what sort of issues are going to um, create the most controversy, and and this is something that, while it seems on the face of it just to be about uh, business and development and housing, it actually has more uh, a great deal to do with how a group of people. Um, 
would like their city to look and be, um, and whether they whether they want to conserve some some image of of that city, um, and whether that thing being introduced or uh, being proposed uh, is going to fit within that uh, that identity and that sort of um, character. Uh, the character of, the, of their city. With that, uh, I would like to thank Kyle Whitley uh, and Kevin Watson for joining me with, in this conversation. As I mentioned previously, Lawrence Talks is not just meant to be about a uh, philosophy uh, strictly, but also uh, covering in some fa- uh, fashion topics that are relevant to Lawrence, the city itself, um, and, it, and the people. And so this was our first segment covering just uh, that sort of topic um, and thank you thank you all for for listening this is Lawrence talks and I was your host David Thomas thank you